Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We are sharing client stories today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Specifically, we both want to talk about some of the different clients that we've had who have come in with the intention to open their own gifts. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to kind of start the show by saying that we don't officially mentor people. We don't take on clients as a mentor role to train them to become mediums or train them to become anything that we do. So, and we have had that weirdly enough in the past where people have said that they saw you and I, and that was false information to say the very least. So we're not starting the show by saying you can come and and learn to be one and learn to open your own practice to do this. The intention in helping our clients open their own gifts is to help them live more of their own life in tune so that they can have better relationships, better health, and a better experience overall in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people just want to know that they're on the right path. And by using your own gifts, you know when you are or you aren't. Mm -hmm. It It helps in all kinds of ways to anticipate better, to feel better prepared in life, to feel more connected to people and and all living things, even inanimate objects, I'll say, uh, and and that your own spirit guides, your own your own realm that you want to connect to. Good lord, it can make you a better hockey player. Yeah, it can make you a better um, business person. Yeah, by using your intuition, it could be. I mean, you could be in healthcare and just want to feel more connected to clients. Or understand why you're experiencing certain things because of your own intuition and your own gifts. And just be better educated about how to deal with it so that you're not so fatigued, so that you're not so stressed or so much in pain. So sometimes it's to actually understand some things you're going through that are difficult. And sometimes it's to enhance something like a basketball player that wants to be more in tune with the team. Mm-hmm. so that they have a better sense of where the ball's going to be on the court and they're they're more valuable as a player. Cool. Or they want to be a good team captain and it being intuitive and being connected to everybody else is better. Mm-hmm. It puts you at the top of your game. Mm-hmm. Artistically as well, for those people that want to tap into their emotions or just, I think of artsy people, uh, painters, writers, uh, graphics artists, designers, musicians. Yeah, there's um, more of an understanding of what it is you're trying to express or what you're trying to emote, whether it's for yourself or for a client. Because if we can feel more connected to our client, as you mentioned, a graphics arts designer, then maybe we can produce something that resonates with them even more than the 13 prototypes we give them. And if you do that and you're better at your job, there's a better income. Mm-hmm. So it, it there, I mean, there are different goals at the end of the day. And somebody might say, you know, my goal is I want to be the best hockey player. Somebody else might say, I want to be financially stable or succeeding better. There are different reasons. Or I want to be, like you said, happier in a relationship mm-hmm. or just more peaceful in my own life. I just want to be less stressed mm-hmm. so that when I am making decisions, I'm comfortable with what I've made. Mm-hmm. Think about just wanting to be more in tune with Parker's needs, mm-hmm. knowing the different barks. Oh, yeah. Or your children yeah. and your partner, the intuitiveness, the fun and the joy you have when you're more in tune versus wanting, oh, here's a biggie, giving up a desire for control and replacing it with a desire to connect. Mm-hmm. 
Nice. So instead of wanting power over relationships, wanting ones that work and mesh and gel, they're more symbiotic. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, if you're a controlling person and you're listening to this podcast and you don't want to come out of your, your control issues, you've probably turned us off. <laughs> so carry on. <laughs> and for the rest of you listening, we got some good stuff. <laughs> Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Well, part of, like for me, a lot of this has been coming for many years, 10 years. So some of the, some of this mentoring and teaching uh, was in some of the energy healing modalities first, like Reiki and stuff like that. And then over time, it has changed as the gifts have grown and changed. Now you were licensed and insured as a Reiki teacher. Yeah. Okay. So that that's a little bit separate from For, the other gifts that we're talking about. Yeah. Because some people might be going, what does she mean she doesn't mentor? I received a certificate from her. Oh, absolutely. That, yeah, that was... Licensed and insured, certified to teach across Canada for 10 years mm-hmm. and did do that. I still have my license, but I, I just choose not to teach Reiki anymore because there are so many other modalities that are used in conjunction with it. But now there's telepathy, there's medium, medical, intuitive. But overall, what we're doing on this show today is just to talk about how we help people open up their own gifts and how that comes through in one-on-one sessions when people book sessions mm-hmm. versus when we teach at a workshops or in workshop settings because we do those as well. So maybe people who are listening who are nurses might say or in human resources, I'd like her to come in and teach. Remember we taught for the social services board? Yep. Um, we've done large groups um, many times. Um, to help people um, use their own gifts and to, for employees to connect as a team. So I guess one of my first examples will be one of the things I love in the uh, w- what happens when someone comes in is that first I have to connect to this, their spirit guides, their spirit world, and ask about their character, ask about what their fears are, so that as they're going through, as we're going through this together, this is important for people to hear. My human will come. So you, the listener, you're my, the human. There's me, but there's the spirit world that's present in this. So I'm checking in with them to make sure it's personal. It isn't just, this is what I want to teach somebody. The spirit world has to let me know what their own personal fears are that could block the gifts. And that that's a huge key, as opposed to just saying, I'm going to go take a course on telepathy or or a course on something and you're not working with people who are connected to you Mm -hmm. so and that that's a fundamental difference right there because you could take the course by the teacher and not feel the connection or actually get to use the gifts Mm -hmm. you might be given the tools but you can't seem to get to them and that's one of the first things that I hear from some clients is, Karen, I've taken five courses and these gifts just aren't working. And it's like, oh, so now we get to the bottom of it. Hearing about that particular client's fears allows the two of us to face them and identify them. So once that fear is identified, so say if someone comes in and they want to use their gifts and they want to be able to be more, just say intuitive and inner gut. And say they want to do that at work or on a team, but they have a fear that if they start telling people that they're doing this, that they're going to be made fun of, 
or that they're going to be picked on or kicked off the team or dropped at work, not seen as a leader, then the guides can give them the tools to explain it to other people, but also to explain their fear to them about leadership, their fear of what a true leader is. So a true leader does have to stand out and they have to make those qualities, qualities that other people can value and want as well. So the spirit guides come in and explain their own fears around the fear of success, the, the fear of being seen, the fear of being a leader, even though they might want to be one. Mm-hmm. And we move through that and hopefully fairly quickly so that they can move into the actual toolkit. So right now, we're not even in the toolkit conversation. Mm-hmm. We're just in the block. We're in the block conversation. If we don't start with the block conversation in a course or in a one-on-one session, then it's like walking up to a classroom of first-year students on day one in university, handing all of the carpenters their tools and saying, go for it. And they have no idea what to do with any of that, what to do when it goes wrong, safety issues, nothing. Mm -hmm. There's not going to be much success is what I'm saying. And there's going to be frustration and quitting. Mm -hmm. So when it's done properly, when people see, when a client sees someone like you and I, and that can, that can catch them in the fears, can identify them, acknowledge them and work through them, then they actually get to use the gifts. Otherwise, it's, you know, I'd say it's money not well spent. And you you want to use and spend your money and your time well productively Mm -hmm. that's that's a biggie I know a lot of people who have come in and wanted to open their gifts and they are so angry they're full of rage all the time and that's I think one of the biggest blocks that I've seen is anger Mm -hmm. there's and I'm not saying that you have to be anger less in order to have gifts because lord knows we get angry on a daily basis Mm. about this that and the other thing but there's such a deep-seated anger and a mistrust of people and their own selves that there isn't room for the gifts to open there Mm. isn't there isn't even silence in their own head or in their own body to be able to listen to the gifts as Mm -hmm. they're coming in and that's something that takes a whole lot of time to work through in order to I'll say deal with the anger as it as it as it comes as it manifests but then also like you've said at the same time to be able to open those gifts while you're dealing with the anger so mm-hmm. that it's not interfering because it's still a human emotion it's still going to exist like we've said but being able to to kind of cope with both of those things mm-hmm. and I still use the word cope because there's a tremendous need to cope with the gifts it's not all fun it's not all light it's not all games and we talk about that consistently there can be great joy in the messages themselves there can be a lot of fun in the way that they come through but a lot of it is very difficult and so coping mechanisms uh, to understand everything is such an important part of developing the gifts Mm -hmm. and this is why there's there's one particular person I'm dealing with right now as we're developing her gifts, every other session we see each other, we infuse some of it with self-care tips. Mm-hmm. 
because you need that balance. Mm, I like what you said. You said self-care. And I want to add to that, not in replacement of, self-soothing. Yeah. So self-care can be taking time for yourself, walking. It can be a number of things. But self-soothing could look different than that. It doesn't necessarily mean self-care and self-soothing are always the same thing. Right. Because my walk might be my self-care one day, meaning I'm going to go for a power walk and I'm going to get my heart rate going. But self-soothing might be that I'm just walking at a different time of day and I'm just enjoying nature and I'm sandals and I'm strolling and I'm chatting with a friend or walking with Parker. So people have like what I find in talking to people through this process is is being able to differentiate where sometimes we think we know what something means and we find out we didn't. Oh, yeah. I'm, I know that when we teach self-care, we teach um, a lot of the uh, self-love activities. I'll say to people, and it's kind of, you know, part of the, the trick question is, would you have a bath as self-care if you hate baths? <laughs> Just because society tells you that it's supposed to be calming. <laughs> you know, like some it, would. And and that's what I find absolutely ridiculous because mm-hmm. you have to be able to identify on an individual basis if it's something that soothes your soul. Or if you're sitting in there going, I'm hot, I feel gross, um, my hair's frizzing, I'm angry about that, I don't like the feeling of the whatever, maybe the tub's not like totally clean, who knows. Mm-hmm. There can be so many qualities of having a bath that triggers all of your anger. <laughs> and people yeah. are like, well, I had the bath, I put sense in there. And it was really strong and it bugged me, but I had the bath and it's just like, okay, we're going to start back at square one then. Well, yes, because they don't understand that in self-care and self-soothing, your emotions matter. Mm -hmm. Those are important things. Well, and it's like we've talked about that with those core desired feelings. Everything that you're doing should be contributing to a desired feeling. Oh, I like that. But if the bath creates ill feelings for you Mm -hmm. maybe don't run it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anyway we're going to move into uh, Mm -hmm. stories with them or about some of our clients that are opening their gifts yes Mm -hmm. do you want to go first for that i can yeah i'm thinking of a uh, there's been so many recently both male and female so first of all maybe just for clients to hear that are listening or just listeners who've never even seen us um to hear that both male and female and all ages. Holy crumb. I've got people that are very old and are seasoned <laughs> veterans uh-huh. of human, <laughs> the human condition mm-hmm. um, that are like in their 80s that want to, to connect. I'll say, and, and some people might listen to that and go, why, why would you bother? At My 80? God, why wouldn't you bother? You should bother in your 90s. You I feel should... like the closer to death you are, the more you should bother. Yes. Kelly, I love what you just said. Because, and, and then the flip side of it is that some people are so young, they think when I'm older, they, they, they want to, they're, they're, they're the procrastinators. And then I have to say to the very young people, oh my God, I'm so happy that you're getting this skill at eight years old versus at 80 years old because you're going to have those 70 whatever years to 
people are doing math in their head, but they're going to have all like all those decades, seven or eight decades to live their life more congruently. Mm -hmm. But I would say even if you have a day left, live it congruently. Mm -hmm. It's going to matter when you're dead. Yeah, it's going to matter when you're dead. Because you're and you're hearing two mediums tell you it matters when you're dead. I am going to bring this up and we can edit it if you don't want to. But I still remember you sitting in the car freaking out about spending, getting to your 50th wedding anniversary. <laughs> and that it... <laughs> oh, shit, I had a mouthful. <laughs> Sorry. And that it would mean in order to celebrate 50 years together, it meant you had to stay married for, I think, another 20. Mm-hmm. And or actually more than that, I guess. And it was just like, oh, God, I don't want to do this because what if I live till what mm-hmm. if I live till 60 and that means I have x number of years left mm-hmm. you're committing yourself to that many years of mediocrity and maybe not even mm-hmm. maybe not even mediocrity maybe misery mm-hmm. and I'm trying to equate this to the argument of when to open the gifts if it should mm-hmm. be younger or older and, and if I understand when's the best time yeah whatever those feelings you're feeling in the moment you're saying and you're just trying to compare that moment yeah because I think a lot of people get that they don't want to start over in careers once they've reached a certain age because they mm-hmm. only have five years left to retire and it's like well what if those five years mm-hmm. were so miserable that you manifested cancer or you manifested a heart attack and you could have had five excellent years in another job retired and then had wonderful years after because you're healthy yeah I understand and hopefully people are listening to that the decision and the choice to change can enhance as opposed to take away right and that it can change and I understand too that people are terrified of change and and that may be nail polish colors or your clothing or other things or the furniture or the paint on the walls is something or the vacation spot is is an easier change to cope with in a relationship than really having to do much more than that. But what we're talking about is awakening. We're talking and that requires work. It requires some joy and some pain. It requires a hell of a lot in that toolkit that people need. Mm-hmm. And and this is a place where they they where they figure that out. And there's help. There's help. I'm trying to say there's help in the form of Karen and Kelly, but there's also the form and the help that the spirit world comes in to make it personal to, to that person. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to add something to what you said, Cal. Say you have five years left to your retirement and you hate your freaking job and you start opening your gifts and you become intuitive or you become more intuitive. What are the chances that you might love your job more in yeah. those last five years because maybe you connected more to people or you learned to connect more to nature or you just trusted your gut more. Or maybe you just like there's such a variety of things people can learn to do and the ways that they can change. But it didn't mean maybe that the job had to change. Mm-hmm. So if you have, you know, along so many years of school ahead, wouldn't you want to trust your gut more so that you take the right courses or that, you know, if you don't know the answer on the exam, you're using your intuition in a stronger way to make a more informed, I'll say, I don't want to say guess, guesstimate. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's just a million ways that that intuition can make life better. And I think about Dr. Scott Kolbaba talking in a couple of of shows back, a few weeks back, talking about being a doctor for like decades and then deciding to be more intuitive so that he could enjoy it more, but serve his patients better. Mm Mm-hmm by being connected to them and being connected to his own intuition. 
So that's a lovely example. And if people want to go listen to that, that's his, his show, what, two, three weeks ago now? Mm-hmm. I think beginning of June. Okay. So when I think back to a client, one of the ones that I w- was a really big one for me, um, he was around eight when he first came and he came for maybe four, three or four years. And that's not unusual. So if people are listening and going eight, I thought these were adults or teenagers. No, a lot of children come and parents bring them. There's been kids as young as four and five. And the parents are recognizing that that their children are having difficulty in school or sleeping um, well, or, or just concentrating. And that the reason that they're having the difficulties with concentration and staying focused is because the spirit world is so active. And as these these children and parents got tools to cope with that and to use that and ways for the parents to connect to the teachers so the teachers could understand it, the child's life calmed down. The grades improved, sleep improved. And the family unit was able to feel like they were more in a happy place instead of always in a conflict or a fight or a problem. The young girl that is coming to see me is looking to open up her gifts and she's actually 13. So I like that you brought up that age was um, relevant and that not it's not necessarily what people think that it, that it's all adults. Now her mom does join her because consensually she she has to be present and the 13 year old has asked her to be again, like you said, so that the family can have better dynamics. So as I'm teaching this young girl how to journey, how to go out of her body, how to receive information, she's in the experience. We sit on the floor together to to have fun and to feel grounded and connected. As she's going out and doing all of those things energetically, I keep my eyes open and I turn back to the mom and I'll say, okay, now when she's doing this, when she's rocking, you need to know she's safe. You need to know this is the level Mm -hmm. that she's at. You cannot touch her at this point because it's going to rock her back into the body and she's going to get bursts of anger. So Mm -hmm. it's helping the parent understand what's safe to explore Mm -hmm. on their own, especially if they don't know what they're doing. She never gets homework to go home and journey on her own because she doesn't know how to do that without her guides yet. I like that you said that because a lot of people are now taking the fad of shamanism yeah, or taking shamanism and trying to turn it into a current fad. Yes. And that is not something that you do, like you said, without the guidance of someone who knows what they're doing. Right. Physically with you. Yes. And so we do it together in the room because I stay awake or I go into the journey with her. And again, like I said, I kind of teach her mom to to recognize physically when she's experiencing different things that she is okay, she's safe. And if this particular physical incident occurs, then this is what you should do to help her back into her body. Mm-hmm. So there's there's guidance for both of them. And they, they both get debriefed after each journey and after each exercise that we do to open the gifts. And I wanted to share something really cool because I think... It helps illustrate opening gifts, but it also helps illustrate what a good and a bad client is. Mm. And this just came up, I think, two yesterday or two days ago. The two of them were sitting in my room, and the game that we I, we decided to play together was that I was going I was going to hold or picture um, a spirit in my mind that had once shared part of my life with me, and 
the, all my my only job was to just envision this this spirit and she the the client was supposed to just either write down or tell me everything she got and she was to pay attention to all six senses so we teach how to do those things too and she decided that unlike us in a session where we just sort of give things as we get it she wanted to sit in silence for a couple of minutes and then give it all at the end so that's another way people can develop too is figuring out when they're comfortable speaking because speaking can sometimes interrupt channeling yes which is really neat and so at the end of the couple minutes of silence she just starts she blurts out i think about six things she goes okay i'm done that's all i got she says and so i specifically said well what did you see and she gave me two or three more things and then i said well what did you hear and she gave me two or three more things and by the end of it she had 13 things instead mm-hmm. of six right which i, I just <laughs> oh, thought yeah her mom and i had a good laugh because she had said that's it or mm-hmm. that's all. And uh, as is much more obviously than you, than you originally thought. Yeah. And so that's b- that Kelly, that's huge right there. Yeah. Because some things she felt were so insignificant right. that she didn't want to mention them. Right. And they ended up being the most significant things for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and me being the client in this situation. Mm-hmm. So who I had actually chosen was our first dog, Mickey. And I went through in a panic when I was trying, this is, this is going to be humorous. I was panicking because I couldn't hold on to a memory of Mickey. I was, I was young. Uh, it was stressful for me. And then I started thinking, oh my God, if I pick Mickey, maybe that was the worst choice. Cause maybe she'll get, she'll pick up on the energy of the women who donated Mickey to us or gave him to us. Yeah. And then I thought, well, he wasn't really my dog. He belonged to mom. What if she gets mom? And I just, I started freaking out and didn't know what energy to hold. And I thought, well, she'll get what she gets. <laughs> and some people are like, she's a terrible teacher. <laughs> However, as the client started giving me all this information, I wrote everything down and it looked absolutely haphazard. Yeah. Nothing looked like it fit together. Right. And this is where I wanted to illustrate good client, bad Wait, client. Wait, can you give some of those examples so people can understand how it doesn't fit together? Yeah. So she, you know, the first thing she wrote is curly hair. And then she said black and white. And then she said pineapple. And then she said female. And then uh, there were there were all kinds of just random words, right? Mm-hmm. And so me being the client, it is my responsibility to place that information. And like we say in every... Every process of consent, every time a client sits down, we do not interpret information. And that was one of the things I was trying to teach her is to not interpret, to just be an observer. That's what a channeler is. Mm -hmm. And so she just gave me the information as it came, whether it made sense or not. Granted, I did have to pull some things out of her because she thought they were insignificant. But like I said, I went through afterward point by point everything that she listed and said, okay, the entity that I chose was a male but you said female. And here's why you weren't wrong. Mm -hmm. He belonged to my mom. She got curly hair, which is yours, and the dog's. Mm -hmm. Then she got black and white, which Mm -hmm. was the dog's hair, but she got blonde, and that's your hair. And she said, oh, but now it's gray. Oh, and And I am gray. (laughs) (laughs) And then she said pineapple. And I said, well, Mom literally just spit out pineapple like an hour before you showed up yeah. for your session. Yeah. And you and I joked about it. I was yeah. I was present for it. Anyway, she went and listed a bunch of your qualities and the dog's qualities. Yeah. And had I been a really shitty client, I could have sat there and just said, well, no, you got it wrong. You said female and it's male. 
Yeah. And no, there's no blonde. He's, you know, you got the black and white part, but you got the other part wrong. And I could have, I could have made her all wrong mm-hmm. had I been ignorant. And instead, we're we withholding. Yes. Instead, we went through point by point, And I said, this piece of information belongs to the dog himself. This piece of information belongs to the owner. This piece of information belongs to the previous owners who gave him to us. Mm-hmm. And so she got, I, I was able to place, I think, 11 out of 13 things. Mm-hmm. And I did tell her if the other ones came up, I would let her know. Mm-hmm. But that's where in the process of teaching, you have to go through and, and help them understand why things don't look like they make sense mm-hmm. and the patience and the t- and the way you approach information in order to not, I won't say make sense of it, but understand the messages mm-hmm. because making sense is a forcing and nothing about the process of channeling or the process of affirming is to be forced. Mm-hmm. Right. And we even say in the consent process, if it's no, it's no. Don't mm-hmm. make it stretch. Don't make it don't make yep. it fit. Don't people please us. Yeah. We'll just go back and ask for clarification. Yeah. And so this was a really wonderful session for both of us because I got to be a client and I, it, I got to work right the way I ask my clients to work. And then we went through the second game was to I had to walk her around a room. So I was teaching her how to remote view. Mm hmm. And I was explaining to her that in in learning how to remote view, you can either be in the room yourself or you can be in the client's body Mm -hmm. to be in the room, which is two very different things, two very different experiences and involves two different kinds of energy, uh, which was a lot of fun for both her and I. And she ended up describing my entire current bedroom and my childhood bedroom. Mm. But she sat there as she was channeling and she goes, well, I'm seeing black and white and now I'm seeing blue. And now I'm seeing purple and I don't understand. Are oh, your, are those are rooms... the colors of the bedroom. Yeah. yeah. And the progression that my rooms have yes. been. Right? She even got the colors or, yeah. and then the right order. So, so much fun. <clears throat> but like I said, had I not been willing to work with her, mm-hmm. she could have thought that she was terrible. And instead she walked out knowing how, like what a great job she had done. Mm-hmm. And that's something, even though, you know, we're teaching young people this or adults this, that's something you and I still have to battle every day well, yeah. is, is having ignorant clients. And I don't mean that rudely, but just people who are ignorant to the process. Mm-hmm. And then, like you say, ignorant in, in the sense of withholding, mm-hmm. where they're creating a disconnect mm-hmm. for the gifts. Mm-hmm. And, and it becomes difficult and it becomes more work, mm-hmm. more of a job, more of an effort that is not as fun. Yep. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I have a client. Are we going back and forth still? Yeah. I have a middle-aged client, female, who's going through some life changes right now. And she has chosen at this time in her life, when there's a lot of disruption, to take this as an opportunity to see who she is. And I think that may speak to quite a few people. Oh my God, yes. So as things are, I'll say rough and questionable, uncertain, Mm-hmm. she's chosen to come back when she feels the time is appropriate for her. Um, she travels from out of town, actually, several miles to come and see me. And we have one several hour... Several kilometers. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know where that came from. Several miles slash kilometers <laughs> uh, to come for her appointments. She voice records them. She mm-hmm. writes notes during them. And we go through such a variety of things about the gifts and as they're opening for her. 
but but the spirit world is helping her relate it into each of the relationships and into the changes that she's going through yeah and that to me is just absolutely being completely loved Mm -hmm. because her spirit world sees that she's going through a separation she's going through a job change she's going through where she has to find a place to live she's going through a whole bunch of different things and as she's doing it the guides are getting her to remote view her own move they're getting her yeah very cool oh, i know it's so fun they're getting her and through through these through the sessions to see a new partner that can be for her down the road they're showing her her own life they're showing her her possibilities they're getting her to connect to them and to her own intuitiveness so that as she's making these decisions or she sees these choices or more choices the fears going away mm-hmm. the fear of the changes the fear of what happens when you make a change she's feeling confident she's getting self-esteem some of the things that she started losing in the relationship and in the job and in the life she was living she's getting back and in some cases she didn't have any of it to begin with so it's new just gonna say it's yeah. new it's a brand new life within a life mm-hmm. and and to watch her go through this is just absolutely a joy for me but it's also a joy for her spirit yeah and i see the joy in her as she comes back the next time she does work i give her so much homework there is a shit ton of homework for her to do that the spirit word guides spirit world pardon me guides to give to her and i love it because it will actually be stuff that's coming that we both don't even know is coming Mm -hmm. so they'll say you have to work on this we want you to connect to nature we want you to get signs she'll leave the house and go what the hell all of a sudden i'm getting all of these signs but because they're there she feels loved she feels safe enough to do it yeah and sometimes when we're just going through some of these hard changes, we don't know how to get through them. Well, no. Yeah, I mean, you said uncertain, unsure, unstable, unstable. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> huh. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Yeah. And, and like, I can think of like all of these different clients that have come to take the sessions for more than just you do the channeling for me but where they have flipped it in the opposite direction to open up their own gifts. And then when they come back and say, this session I'd like just to be a regular session where you do the channeling, they're a completely different client. Mm -hmm. They sit there with an openness that's different than other clients do. They sit there and understand the process. Like what you were trying to refer to earlier when you have this young woman who's understanding in opening her own gifts that she has to make sense of things and that you needed to for her. Mm-hmm. It's the participation in the gifts. Yeah. I think a lot of people sit down and say they're open and I think maybe want to be. And they sit down with an intention to listen, but there's a knowingness that at the end they're going to judge whether or not it was worthy information. Oh. If, the, if the time was worth their money if the messages were worth their money and the clients that you're talking about who have gone through this process and who are actually respecting it and themselves Mm -hmm. and are, are like you say, participating, they sit down with a true openness to Mm -hmm. hear what their next task is. It's like they're on a mission and they know that. And so they're listening to the spirit guides to hear 
the affirmation and the praise, but then here's what your next step is. And then they get fired up because there's an actionable piece in that that they need to now leave, go out and do. Mm-hmm. And there's connection in that because when you're given when you're given a task, you're given purpose, especially when it's coming from the spirit world. And so there's an excitement to go out into life when you finish the session. And when you follow the task and know what your purpose is, you have self-esteem. Yeah, it builds. It builds self-love, self-confidence, all of the self-care things we talk about. And we're looking for it. It brings the peace. Mm -hmm. It brings the certainty in life. It stops the people-pleasing. Yeah. It stops uh, where we will no longer allow to be in a relationship where we're being controlled. And for those people who control it stops the desire to control another person. It brings respect. And I see clearly in some sessions where people will come in and sit down and say, I'm open. And the spirit guides will say, no, they're not. They're going to bash the shit out of you when they leave. They're going to listen to everything. They're going to withhold. They're going to walk out and judge the whole thing. And you're going to get a nasty little email. And I think, ah, awesome. Charge them double. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could. I just saw a sign on the internet and it's like, coffee, $5. Coffee, please, $4.50. Oh, it's like yeah. training their clients. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think because, you know, I've said this many times, because media has done such a horrible job of explaining and showing the public what we do. And what we are, and I don't mean just you and I, what we do and what we are. I mean, everybody, what we do and what we are. The media has done such a very shitty job, as have certain religions, because not all have done that. And even within certain religions, not all people do that. Right. So um, an educational system, psychiatry, some therapists are supportive of your own gifts, and some think it's mental illness. So there's, there's, there's good and bad in every single system. But if you look at the whole picture, some of the negativity sits heavier. And it's part of what people have to work through on a day to day basis to find who they are, Mm -hmm. to dig deep enough or to care enough to work at it. And the fact that sometimes even when we do that, other people make fun of us for it. Mm hmm. They, or they tell us, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. You're going to get dependent on them. They, 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 they'll create any kind of a fear, hit any kind of a trigger. And that's why the spirit world has to point out those triggers. It's important or you don't get through it. Mm-hmm. Can I go to another thing? Sure. A client who, when opening their gifts, picked a partner to try to share this with that wanted to control and dominate them you're talking about you well yes <laughs> just decoding <laughs> yeah. but also another person yeah, okay Be- I, I do understand that applies to me but i'm just thinking of a particular person that came when she was married or was married who was trying to open her gifts and her partner was in a control over in the relationship so when she would say did you think this or did you say this or is there a reason for this? She was using her gifts. He just bashed every single one of them to make sure that she just wasn't going to get anywhere. And what did Karen do? <laughs> yeah, Karen left. 
Um, and the other person left too. Right. <laughs> she did her leaving as well. And she did her leaving because it was a choice to love herself enough and say, you are not more important than me. And that other people can love me for who I am. If I'm staying in this relationship and you'll never let me be me, then who do you love? Or who are you saying you love? Because it wouldn't be me. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone's congratulating Karen now. Yes. And I want to put arms around the other people yeah. that hear that and have gone through it too. Because I do know many clients yeah. who I've had that have walked out those doors, both men and women. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Bo- and, and, and not just from partners, but from parents oh, or siblings oh, or friends. I've got a woman who did it with her, who's doing it currently right now with the husband and her parents and her her siblings who all believe she's the one making the mistake. And by the way, making the mistake because the husband makes money in this particular situation and she chose to stay home and take care of her children. Mm-hmm. She's educated. She can go right and she has. She's gone right back out and got a job again. And she is a professional. She's doing her thing. But I'm just saying that sometimes these gifts put us in conflict with when we truly are ourselves who really does love us? And that's one of the scary things the guides have to help us confront. Because sometimes when we really are opening our gifts and we are ourselves, the very people around us who we thought loved us don't. But that's when you have to see the truth that you're in a power over relationship. It can be worked out if the other person wants to, but you have to ask them if they want to do it. And if they're not willing to acknowledge your gifts as you're doing it, they're giving you your answer. And it's no. It is a solid no. And that's where you no longer can sit and collude that reality anymore. That's a big one. It's big because I don't just mean it's a marriage. It can be that your parents are doing it to you. It can mean that the girlfriend sitting in the car beside you right now is doing it to you. And you're sitting there in awkward silence. Yeah. Because you both know it. It's, it's, I'm pausing because it's a rough moment. And that's where being with somebody like you and I who can love these people through it, bring the spirit world to love them and give them the tools of self-care and self-soothing. Because by God, Kelly, if they only know how to self-care and can't self-soothe, soothe, they're fucked. Mm-hmm. They, they will stop using their gifts because they will be too afraid of what they can lose. They don't necessarily have to lose those things. Well, and they also just don't focus on what they could gain. Yes. I think when we when we wonder what we could lose, we think about the role. We don't necessarily think about the person. We think about we could lose our husband or our wife or our, right? Like the, yeah. the role that you fulfill. Yeah. But if you think about who that person is being to you, loss seems pretty good. Well, and if you think about what you gain in your own self-esteem, your health issues, and I mean physical body health issues, and in the other relationships in your life that become healthy, there is so much to gain. Mm-hmm. But like you said, if you do, if you lose a friend, if the friend beside you in the car right now is going to be a loss at the end of this, <laughs> but you might turn and meet a brand new friend that is sees that, that you're intuitive and is curious, is playful, is inviting, 
then you've lost the friend that wants the control over you for the friend that's curious, playful and inviting. Wow, that's not such a hard pick. Mm -hmm. That's not such a difficult thing to choose. Mm -hmm. But if we're just sitting in the car with the friend, and it means that we have to confront them or ghost on them, we might in our people pleasing, make it a bigger deal than it actually is. Mm -hmm. I know, like, the loss of friendships or the loss of relationships in general, I've always had to tell myself it's an awkward five minutes. Oh, I like that. If that. And because and, yeah. I, I used to get sick to my stomach if I wanted to end a relationship or oh, a I friendship, all of it. And then it was just yeah. like, okay, awkward five minutes and then you're done. And then you feel elated because you've let go of that person that's causing all of these negative feelings or yeah. perpetuating them. Um, and it's just when you can put a time limit on how awkward something is going to be or uncomfortable mm -hmm. and then you know you have the freedom afterward to make the decisions you've been wanting to make or continue making them and the good feel there's room for good feelings oh the five minutes is just so worth it well, I think about and usually it gets shorter <laughs> the more practice you have that's very true. Yeah, because it's just like, hey, you've been there. You know it's going to be uncomfortable. You sort of get more to the point as you as you do this more frequently. Confrontation skills. Yeah, difficult Con conversations. Conf oh, that's a book, Difficult Conversations. Yep. And there's another one, Controlling People by Patricia Evans, that help people move through those challenging conversations until, like you said, they become so routine that there's no longer a challenge. Yeah. I, I know in ending friendships in the past, it's been up maybe the five minutes and more freak, more recently, I should say, it's been a simple sentence. I would mm -hmm. no longer like to continue the friendship mm -hmm. or I do not wish to continue the friendship and that's it. And that's once you've evaluated whether or not it's worth discussing, mm -hmm. worth reevaluating, um, you can just simply state where you're at and, and walk away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is still, I'll say that's one of the tools in developing your gifts because that's what we're talking about today right. is, is having those conversations in order to make room for the gifts. Well, the gifts don't come by themselves without growth. And mm -hmm. the growth has to be your emotional intelligence toolkit. And without developing an emotional intelligence toolkit, your gifts will sit there where you can use them for and by yourself, but you're not going to step out too much if you don't know how to actually get some emotional intelligent muscle and then use it. Mm -hmm. Well, that was fun. Good. We're done? I think so. Okay. Want to close? Sure. Thank you for listening. Kelly and I did a series uh, on Sips of Sanity that kind of relate to some of these issues. So people can go to the website by sarlo.com and go to the heading where it says Coffee with the Sarlos. The drop-down box will say Sips of Sanity. And then there's a second podcast show that actually could help them with some of today's, con uh, the stuff in this conversation. Yeah, they're shorter. They're bite-sized podcasts, about 10 to 15 minutes each, just covering five, well, five episodes each on one one topic. So mm -hmm. it just sort of breaks it down a little bit quicker, a little bit um, easier to swallow. Mm -hmm. If you have any questions or comments, you're welcome to email us at info at bysarlo.com. And you're hearing too that Kelly and I do personal sessions by Skype, telephone, FaceTime and in person for people all over the world. So if you're nowhere near us, and you still want access to being able to open your own gifts, 
Just because you're local doesn't mean that you can't. You absolutely can. Check out time zones first. Yes, we need to know (laughs) time zones. Absolutely. But anyway, thank you and have a wonderful day. And we look forward to talking to you next week.